0: On another exciting entry of Animation Deliberation, we are tackling another Marvel series, not Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Marvel straight up, and that is Hulu's Hitmonkey, the 10-episode series that just dropped. I'm excited to get right into that with a special guest right after some ads we have no control over. So do not go anywhere. If you do, you might have a red-faced assassin coming after you, and I'm not talking about myself. (laughs) When you're at
1: Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Stay near the magic. Book your theme park tickets and get hotel rates from $94 per night plus tax at DisneySpringsHotels.com 50. Rates based on
0: availability. Blockout dates may apply. See website for details. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> I love the participation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to animation deliberation. You just heard me, Jay Scotty, your host, singing the theme song, but joining me there at the end might have been an unfamiliar voice for some of our listeners. I've got a very special guest with me today to discuss Hitmonkey, and that is Mr. Blake Geilenfeld. What's going on, Blake? Thanks for being here. How are you?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing great just at a, a much needed Thanksgiving break from school. Oh. And but back yeah. in the back in the regular
0: swing of things, and I'm yeah. doing great. <laughs> Thanksgiving break is always kind of funny because I, I don't know for other people, how much of a break it really is because a lot of people you have to spend time with family getting ready for Christmas and then just eating all that food. But then you talk about like inordinate amounts of food. I feel like this holiday season, we've got inordinate amounts of com- content. So, and that's just <laughs> not animation stuff. I mean, Hawkeye just dropped and, and all that. Yeah. So I know we've gotten a little bit behind on some of the stuff that we're covering, but um, I was really pleasantly surprised with uh with Hitmonkey, so excited to get into it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Before we do that, I did want to kind of, you know, introduce you a little bit to the audience. We are a part of the Stranded Panda Network, so uh, we've got a lot of great sister shows on the network, including Source Pages, a reading collective, uh, which just did, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let me talk about Bingers Assemble, the podcast that always covers the, like, latest and greatest franchise movies that are dropping, and you joined the spark co-host uh Brian v Klein and Haley Hobbs to tackle the Ghostbusters movie so um you just kind of got your feet in the water as far as podcasting goes and uh, you're going from one show to the next so
1: yeah we just did the uh the first two Ghostbusters in preparation of Ghostbusters afterlife mm-hmm. and then um we just like last week, I think did Ghostbusters afterlife, so that's available for you if you've seen the movie or if you haven't and just want spoilers, I guess <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and then, kinda preview, I'm uh gonna be joining b v k and Haley Hobbs again, um covering the one more day storyline um there we go, okay in preparation of Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: Okay, okay. I knew there was a reason I brought up source pages outside mm-hmm. of just Haley and Brian um being the host of that and doing ghostbusters I knew there was another reason. Okay. So you've got that coming up. And then um it is worth mentioning um if you guys are missing Zuhair uh in talking about just like Thanksgiving and everything else going on and just the insane amount of content. Um Zuhair has got a lot going on. He might be on assignment right now. I don't know. He said something about some blood money. Vendetta, a trip to Tokyo. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, all right. Um, and I guess last little thing, as far as introductions go, is why don't you just kind of tell people, you know, what some of your favorite um, animated series are, and just some of your influences as a fan of animation. I, I think it's safe for me to say, um, just knowing you as well as I do, that you're a fan of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Correct. Mm.
1: Oh yeah, okay. I. Yeah. I watched it growing up and then, um, you know, last year I kind of noticed it was on Netflix. So I gave it a rewatch and love it so much more, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Legend of Korra. I, oh, yeah. I tacked that on at the, at, at the end, you know, grew up with cartoons, Spongebob and, oh, yeah. um, adventure time, all, oh, all okay. the um, I still haven't watched Young Justice, but it is on my list.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> so but, having not seen Young Justice, you won't get a joke that I was going to make, but that's that's good. I will just say uh, one of the characters on Young Justice is noted for not liking monkeys. I was going to say we're going to be at odds like at this episode because I, I love Hitmonkey. Hitmonkey is my, my favorite character on the show, which is, you know, uh, appropriate given he is the titular character. But, yeah. <laughs> Avatar is one of those series it's like we've been people have brought it up so many times and it's only a matter of time we are going to cover it but I want to give it the due diligence it's such a celebrated and beloved series and there's so much there that I don't want to like not do it justice I want to you know give it the proper time and with the Netflix adaptation and the works and whatnot uh, we'll see what we can make happen as far as that goes but yeah definitely one of the, the greatest animated series of all time sweet yeah (laughs) <laughs> all right, well, uh, let's let's just talk about Hit Monkey before we get like super spoilery. Really, not that I think that there are any like insane like world breaking spoilers or anything like that, but just you know, what are your your overall impressions? Did you think it you know hit the hit the mark and carried all the way through? Or what, what, what's your feelings?
1: Yeah, right right off the bat, it was just fun to watch. <laughs> kind of the 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 style that it gave me was like. So if Modoc, for for those of you that have seen Modoc, um, if that's kind of comparable to Robot Chicken in the style of animation um, slash claymation, mm-hmm. um, Hit Hit Monkey really gave off Archer vibes. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like yeah, the the same same animation style, same like attitude, even. Yeah, um,
0: I think you could like say like uh Jason Sudeikis' character Bryce who is kind of like the hitman and he's he's kind of like the voice for Hitmonkey in a lot of ways because Hitmonkey is like an actual monkey he's a Japanese mm-hmm. macaque or snow monkey I'll I'll probably refer to him as snow monkey more often not not to be too juvenile but I don't want to be saying macaque too too often on this podcast but <laughs> um yeah. he pretty pretty much is Sterling Archer and he obviously undergoes kind of a transformation and a uh journey of self discovery along the way but yeah i would say archer's a huge influence in terms of the animation style and just mm-hmm. the the vibe and the demeanor but i also get vibes of um, i don't know if you're familiar with either of these series but afro samurai no Mm-mm. okay so the the thing with afro samurai was very much the same in in the fact that you had um both characters were voiced by Samuel L. Jackson but the protagonist barely ever spoke like he said a word or two at the most and he kind of had this guy on his shoulder that was like talking way too much and cracking wise and all that and then obviously with like the warrior on a vendetta mission it's it's very similar in that regard there was one other series i kind of likened it to oh yeah kill bill the animated sequence out of kill bill that's not a series but that's a quentin tarantino film have you seen kill bill volume one i have not oh okay all right well i won't spoil that too much but there is an uh, animated sequence out of that that deals with all of the stuff that we're talking about like Japan, assassination, hitman, all, and all that stuff. And the violence is over the top. And I guess, I guess we can kind of talk about that aspect of it. Like, how did the the violence hit you? Because we've covered a few different series on this show with it being a, a focus on action animation. You know, mm-hmm. you haven't seen Young Justice, but we've talked about how that one's a little bit more tame, but, you know, shows the gore when it needs to, but not in a way that's going to give kids nightmares. And then we obviously have Invincible, where there are people that stopped watching Invincible because it was too much, and understandably yeah. so. But I feel like this one kind of met somewhere in the middle, where you did get those really satisfying, like gory moments if you wanted to see that and wanted a lot of bloodshed. But it's so over the top that it's like played to comedic effect, and it, I don't think it's going to scar anybody.
1: I yeah i I definitely agree that it's in the middle. Yeah, but more towards the invincible side. Like yeah, it, sure. <laughs> there, <laughs> That's fair. there, there were some scenes. I, I don't know are Are we going into
0: yeah, we can, we can dive into spoilers now. I think we've kind of <laughs> talked about it enough. Yeah. Um,
1: the one scene that like is really engraved into my brain, uh, was the, like when they're going down the highway being chased by, uh, lady bullseye. Oh yeah. And this guy who like just got a new job, he's trying to impress his boss, <laughs> de- deliver balloons, make a kid's birthday. Like, just trying to do good in the world.
0: And then he gets, like, crushed. So, you know who that guy was, right? No. So it was a recurring joke that they had kind of going throughout the series. You saw this guy, like, every two or three episodes. But anytime like, Hitmonkey went on a major massacre he was the one guy to survive by just like sheer luck or whatever. And he always wanted to die at the end. He was like, please kill me. Like, okay. And then the like paramedics would resuscitate him at the last minute. So yeah, I didn't catch that. That's that's
1: so much better, but still like the guy laying there without any of his limbs. Right. Like, ah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved invincible and like, the gore doesn't bother me. Sure. But like that one, that one scene stuck out more than, more than any of them, I think.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think I, I do. I kind of relate with you and I sympathize with that guy, but he was kind of played to that effect. It was just like, how much can we put this guy through? And that just kind of speaks to like the nature and the tone of the show. It is a little mean spirited, um, but not in the same way like Modoc was. And like you compared Modoc to Robot Chicken. And act- that's actually worth mentioning. When uh, these shows were first being developed for Hulu, the plan was to do MODOK, Hitmonkey, Howard the Duck, and mm-hmm. then a couple of other series and then have them all team up and call them the offenders. <sighs> so, yeah, with it just being adult. Animation of being a little more offensive it just it just kind of makes sense, and it's a shame that we'll never get to see those other series. but um I will say I think this series just did a better job overall than Modoc did, and I think just the reception- the reception and the conversation going around uh it, it seems like everybody's kind of on the same page as far as that goes
1: yeah i I think the story was more there, like Modoc was more kind of like slapstick humor uh less like like there was a continuous plot yeah. for the most part but th- there that wasn't the main focus whereas like hit monkey you you knew from like episode 1 maybe episode 2 um pretty much exactly like i guess what the point of the story is Or at least at at least you thought you did (laughs) towards towards (laughs) the end. It it got a little dicey.
0: Yeah, there were some some zigs and zags in the the story, and we can kind of like start to talk about um, the story and the plot itself and what worked and didn't didn't work. But I think the strongest aspect of the show were the two main characters were Hitmonkey and Bryce and their relationship and like, you know, them kind of being the odd couple when they first meet, like it's it's, it's kind of funny. I think about when I first watched the first episode, I feel kind of dumb, but I didn't pick up on the fact that like the main monkey that had an issue with Bryce being there was going to be our monkey. Like I didn't mm-hmm. pick up on that until way too late. So, and then, you know, um, just them going through the full process of him, taking him on as like a, uh, a mentor and mentee relationship. And then hit monkey gets convinced that he's actually a demon. And mm-hmm. doesn't want anything to do with him, and actually rejects this hitman lifestyle, and goes back to nature, and tries to ingratiate himself back into nature, and with those monkeys. And that was some of the most heart wrenching stuff for me. When you, we, it, it, and it's a testament to the show that the fact it's a non human character. I mean, he's a primate, so he's a, he's capable of a lot of emoting still. Mm-hmm. And we have the character of Bryce, you know, vocalizing a lot of stuff. And then I will give credit to the voice actor Fred uh, Tatasciore. He's The man is, is incredible (laughs) sounding more like a monkey than an actual monkey, (laughs) Um,
1: a monkey, but like with actual emotion from scene to scene, like (laughs) to, to do an accurate voice of a primate and give it emotion. Right. Right. Is, is, is off the charts impressive. I think.
0: Yeah, I would I would love to see what he was doing in the booth. I hope they do like a behind <laughs> the scenes at some point in time because I, I need to see that. And I don't know if he and Jason Sudeikis were like got to see each other at all. But oh, I, um, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I I will say I was really impressed with with Jason Sudeikis and his range. Um, I've always liked him as an actor. Uh, I haven't mm. seen Ted Lasso and a, pop, a lot of people <sighs> are probably like screaming in unison right now that I haven't. I'm one of them. <laughs> it's so Here's, good. I know it is. I know it is. I need to see it. <laughs> Um, but I'm thinking like outside of like Cleveland show and the Angry Bird movies, um, I can't really think of like too many vocal performances from him. But I was really impressed, especially like towards the end when we got like his full backstory about what happened to his family mm-hmm. and like that line that he first said to hit monkey in the pilot episode. Like you pick up a gun in anger, you're never going to put it back down. Just like having that come full circle is mm-hmm. a really, a really riveting and grounding performance. And I think it's, it's kind of what makes the show.
1: Yeah. The, just the, the interweaving stories of like, even the similarities of the two of them. And with the like hit monkeys kind of, Oh, what's it called in the, in the animal world, the not elder, but like alpha. Alpha Yeah. Yeah. The like, the alpha male as kind of a third ghost that you see every now and
0: then. Yeah, sure. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I,
1: I, I really liked that part as kind of a, a balancing force for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. He's got, you know, his ties back to his, his tribe and his, his way of life there. And uh, that mentor was very much like a pacifist. He was mm-hmm. the one that, you know, th- when hit monkey, brought up the fact that they should have left Bryce there to die. He was the one that said, that's not our way. Mm -hmm. And yeah.
1: Well, but then at the end, um, the, the like final conversation that he had with the, with his, his alpha Mm -hmm. monkey, um, he, he left him with basically saying you're forever not going to be one of us. Right. But you're also not going to be, a human like rejected from both sides while helping both sides. Like I I can't, I I can't remember the exact quote that he gave, but it, it was really poetic a lot better than I could say it.
0: (laughs) No, no, I I, I think you're doing a, a fine job getting the, the sentiments that were there because it's reminding me of that scene. And yeah, it is pretty heartfelt. It's like, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's a, creature with this in good intention and wants to actually protect those that he he cares about and yeah it's being rejected from all sides it's being rejected from his tribe or any other tribe of monkeys mm-hmm. it's being rejected from society and then eventually it's being rejected from by akiko who was like the one human that you, yeah. you thought he was going to have something with and then it forces he and bryce to really be that tribe together and that really spoke to me because i mean what is life about other than like finding your tribe and whatnot and Shout out to the stranded panda. That's community. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all that being said, uh, you know we we've been talking a lot about these two main characters, which is a- appropriate given the fact that it is Hitmonkey. But let's talk about some of the the side characters and um, the other plot that was happening there. So we did have some pretty big names: um, Olivia Munn and George Takei, basically uh, portraying these politicians, uh, they mm. seem like altruistic politicians that are trying to make change that are just, um, sieged by, uh, political corruption and, and obstacles on all sides. And Hitmonkey kind of provides the opportunity to change the tra- trajectory of this campaign mm-hmm. and eventually, um, make them the winners. But you kind of alluded to it. That's where the plot kind of zigs and zags and you find out allegiances mm. weren't exactly what they were and some of the enemies that we thought we were facing the whole time were actually pawns and whatnot. I think some of that was executed better than other parts of it, but yeah. What what are your thoughts as far as all that goes?
1: Uh I really liked uh spooky ghost chick. Yuki. Yeah. Yuki. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I I liked that her allegiance was strictly and always just for the good of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't care politics. She didn't care anything else. She, she was just like,
0: I'm here for the Tokyo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and after they sat down and had a conversation, uh, all like in that back alley, (laughs) uh, she, she was like, yeah, I, uh, like we can basically make this work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that the show focuses on like a monkey as the main character, and then the one like mm-hmm. male character that we really focus on is a piece of crap. But then we're surrounded just by like all these badass women. And Bryce even said it like in the first episode, he's like, Yeah, if I'm gonna get killed, it's not gonna be by like some leader of a B team with love handles. It's gonna be like a by a badass woman or a group of badass women. Like that'd be cool. <laughs> so yeah. You got Yuki um lady death uh, not, uh lady bullseye i wanted to call her lady death but lady bullseye um, <laughs> that you mentioned before and then there's um that that cop what was her name haruka i think so and she's kind of yeah she's kind of the it, we talk about all this political corru- corruption and like the the police even being embedded and whatnot she's kind of like the the heart and soul whereas even like hit monkey himself is is tainted by his violence and um his anger and and the the impulses that he's given into she's kind of like the the one good through line that we can kind of like latch onto. it's i think it's supposed to be her and akiko but akiko obviously goes on a very different path towards the end and yeah I, that's that's one of the the parts of the show that doesn't work for me as well i don't want to be super negative but um right. i will say majority of my critiques do focus on the character of akiko unfortunately I think Olivia Munn did an excellent job uh, voicing her and bringing her to life. But I didn't really buy where she ended up at the end of the series with her taking Lady Bullseye's mask and like becoming the new Lady Bullseye. Obviously, she has beef with Hitmonkey, and that's understandable and whatnot. But I don't think they gave that the necessary time to really, really work for me. Um, But outside of all that, the one thing that I thought was really weird about her character is the animation style. I felt like she was animated differently from every other character on screen. Like she almost looked like she was like in a different show. I don't know if you picked up on that, but I, I kind of got that vibe. Okay. She was much more simplified and everything. Her eyes were like bigger. She had a much more angular jawline, Hmm. lesser facial details and stuff like that. And I think it was an attempt by the animators to like try and make her more pretty having less details and wrinkles and stuff like that but it didn't work for me it kind of felt like i don't know if you ever saw those like old insurance commercials but it reminded yeah. me a little bit of that <laughs> anytime i saw her i was getting like that kind of vibe so and it, it persisted throughout the whole whole series which was just kind of weird i wonder if like they gave her to like a specific character animator and they were just kind of on a different page from everybody else but
1: i don't know well and and they went the complete opposite route with um the lady cop. I am bad with names. Haruka. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, there's a they, lot, there's a lot of names. <laughs> they you don't like, spend a ton of time with them. So.
1: Right. The, they, for the animation, they gave her like acne and yeah. like, a bunch Lemishes. more, a bunch more details. True. That, that were yeah. like really noticeable.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm not sure why they decided to go that way, but. It's but a pretty you, minor gripe.
1: You were saying with um the new Lady Bullseye. Akiko, yeah. Akiko. Um that you didn't think it was it was merited that she like took up that mantle.
0: Yeah, I just didn't know how much I I bought it there at the end.
1: Yeah, I I mean if they're I know there's not, but if like if they take this story any further um I guess I I don't know there's not a season two, but there's probably yeah, not, not a season two. <laughs> probably um, not, yeah. Just cause you know, Disney took everything over. Right. Um but I would like to see the training take a lot longer. Yeah. Like, 'cause she she can put on a mask all day and do do makeup and whatnot. That's fair, but like, yeah, that doesn't automatically give you abilities.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's not like we saw her like hit something with a bullseye right off the bat. So who's to say yeah. she doesn't put on the mask and get laid out the second she walks out the door? I mean, I don't think that's gonna happen. But,
1: but you know. I, I think, I think her like righteous anger towards towards Hit Monkey would give her almost. Almost more of a like an anti-hero kind of vibe.
0: Yeah. Cause I get that.
1: it's such a like a moral dilemma. Cause he he had decided that he wasn't gonna kill the oh. the prime minister.
0: Yeah, that, that whole scene is what's so heartbreaking. and That's why I just I get a little frustrated with akiko because yeah, mm-hmm. you see Hitmonkey make the right decision. It's the fact that Shinji took haruka's gun and wanted yeah. to blow the back of her brains out so hit monkey did what he had to do to save haruka and when akiko sees that and she calls him an animal and she's like you what did you do you animal and just hearing that in her voice and like having seen this relationship you know progress and just see it break down so quickly really really is heartbreaking and uh, i can't help but think of the cat I kind of want to know what happened to the cat other than the cat scurrying off into that crack (laughs) in the wall after the place got blown up.
1: (laughs) I don't need to know anything else about that cat. It's a cat and the dialogue that was portrayed was the most cat-like dialogue that I've ever seen. Like every scene that that dialogue popped up from the cat, it was like he put guns in my litter box. (laughs) or like just general disgust
0: yeah vague it's kind of funny how they they build up to it because uh you had the dialogue boxes with the other like snow monkeys communicating together but then Mm -hmm. as the series progresses you actually have the cat start having these conversations with hit monkey and then i think about later on you had that owl that he sees mm. in the woods yeah. later on, he's like, "What happened to my family members?" He's like, "I ate them and spread their remains all over the, the valley." And it's kind of like, it's poignant in a way because it seems like that's the circle of life—that's what's supposed to happen. But the way he says it so matter-of-factly is kind of like rude. Well,
1: and that was like <laughs> the last thing that that you saw the owl saying was like "circle of life, dude." Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, I ba- forgot he said that. <laughs> basically, like, get over it. Like, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Uh, i guess talking a little bit about uh you talked about akiko's righteous anger and then before that yuki how she has this sense of honor just wanting to um protect yeah. japan and i will say that's one of the the through lines that um feels pretty authentic to the setting of, of tokyo and japan even with like characters like silver samurai we only got him in the one episode but yeah he as chauvinistic and kind of um over the top he is his his thing is protecting the prime minister that's what he's there for and um, I'm not. It's not a character that I have a lot of exposure to. But the main exposure I do have was that Wolverine film that took place in Japan. And I know a lot of people felt like the Silver Samurai was the worst part of that film. So. <laughs> I thought that's
1: who that was. I I, yeah. I was gonna ask, but yeah. it it felt like it was the same.
0: Yeah, it was Silver Samurai, and then the uh, guy with the electric feet that Hit Monkey first encountered in like the fight ring, and then later on at the end. That was Fat Cobra, who is somebody that I have no exposure to whatsoever. I yeah. imagine he must be a mutant. Would be my guess. I I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listeners out there, if you know who Fat Cobra is, let us know what your favorite Fat Cobra run is.
1: I, <laughs> if it's on Marvel Unlimited, I promise I'll read it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I will say I I did like how the the show did a great job of actually plugging like the graphic novel at the end. I like noticed if mm. I stayed through the credits, it's like you like the show. Go to your comic book store or Marvel Unlimited right now and, and like check out this run, Hit Monkey, yep. Bullets and Bananas or Bananas and Bullets, whatever it was. So yeah, I definitely want to check it out.
1: So so what would you think of the like underground fight ring in the prison?
0: <laughs> I I liked it. I mean, I I was fully on board for everything. It kind of reminded me of of Shang Chi and and some of those similar fight oh, rings yeah. that we've seen like that in the past. But uh, yeah, it's it's just worth um mentioning again just how fluid the action in this show is and like you get to see a lot of different like power sets on display and with all the Mm -hmm. ghosts play at work and stuff like that there's a a real visual continuity it's all really well done and and uh i enjoy it quite a bit Um, i will say i i think i can tell that it's like almost entirely animated in flash because I noticed they're like when you have like dialogue scenes and stuff like that, the camera does like small panning and stuff like that. But the character models really outside of like their shoulders kind of like moving back and forth a okay. little bit in their head, bobbing to do whatever the scenes seemed, seem to stay pretty stagnant. But then when you transition into action, I'm like always really impressed with like the multiple, like where the camera's moving and you have like, um, especially when hit monkeys running with like a lot of momentum and like flying through guys, you have like, the background moving in one direction, the foreground moving in the other. And it just creates this really high energy and, and sense of motion and momentum. And it reminds me a little bit of um, Gindy Tartakovsky's stuff. And uh, He did like uh, Dexter's Lab, uh, the Clone Wars micro series. I don't know if you've seen Primal. To to summarize my thoughts and just kind of where I land on this series is uh, I, I really highly recommend it. If you were on the fence at all about Hitmonkey on Hulu, you know, it's like, like we said, it's not a part of the Marvel cinematic universe, but it's definitely worth your time. If you're a fan of action animation, any of the series that we brought up, Archer, especially, I do think if you like Afro Samurai, that's going to satisfy that itch as well. Um, Yeah, just check it out and let us know what you thought. I know Zuhair has got a lot on his plate these days, but he does want to check it out. So we will probably treat this one similar to the way we did Masters of the Universe Revelation, where Blake and I will do this coverage, but then we'll give you guys the opportunity to Send us all your feedback, and then uh, brings Zuhair back in to tackle all that stuff. What about you? What are your final thoughts on Hit Monkey, my friend?
1: Yeah, it's it's just a fun story, uh, action packed, heartfelt. A monkey in a suit with sunglasses, <laughs> <Yeah>. like
0: <laughs> dressed to the nines.
1: Like it's it's just it checks all the boxes for a show I would watch.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: <laughs> not that most people listening even know me, but it, it checks all the boxes for me.
0: <laughs> very good. Very good. Hey, I can say in good confidence that you got good taste. You listen to our show. So I mean, Heck yeah! <laughs> all right. I have to give a very special thanks to our special guest, Blake Geilenfeld, not only for appearing on this episode of hit monkey coverage, but also for helping me to introduce a brand new segment to the show, this is where we're going to rank our impressions of the show and/or the episode that we're covering. So, Blake, on a scale of yeah to yeah, where do you land with Hitmonkey? Monkey? Who lose Hit Monkey? Ah, uh, let's see. I'd
1: I'd give it about a yeah.
0: Okay. All right. We're getting a little bit of a an elevation in the octave there. So uh I think that translates to what we're saying, like an eight and eight point five. Some something around there. Okay. It's it's okay.
1: definitely high high quality, but yeah. uh but yeah.
0: So it is one of our favorite action animated series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, I guess it's worth mentioning. I did just uh, mention Masters of the Universe Revelation. So I know we've got a few listeners out there that's out and they've watched it. I've been in communication with Brian V. Klein as well as Dale Morris, our resident uh, He-Man expert. And it's just it's just a, a matter of scheduling. We will get some uh, coverage of that out there for you soon. And then we'll resume our regular uh, Young Justice coverage very soon as well. So, Blake, you mentioned you've got the Spark... Uh, stuff that you're going to be doing. Uh, what was that for again?
1: Uh, yeah. So we will be covering the no, or one more day. (laughs) Yeah. The, the one more day storyline for, uh, preparation for no way home.
0: Okay. Sweet. Sweet.
1: Um, so I think the way that Brian and, and Haley like to have stuff out, um, that should be available sometime like mid-December. Okay. Probably, pro- I'm not speaking for them. <laughs> I'm uh, not promising anything. I don't, th- I don't but- think any of the
0: listeners of this show will, will hold keep you beholden to <laughs> their schedule. <laughs>
1: but you'll like, likely on Animation
0: a- Deliberation is going to be up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you'll likely be able to listen to our coverage on um, the week of the what what what's that the 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 17th uh that it drops yeah yeah so early that week maybe mid that week i i'm not for <laughs> sure but yeah coming good. up in the next week or two uh keep an eye out for that and we did just do ghostbusters as i said up at up top um so yeah check out all the fun stuff
0: very good very good Uh, For my purposes, I do want to plug the Star Trek Universe podcast. They are covering an animated show of their own, Star Trek Prodigy, that is airing on Nickelodeon or the Paramount Plus app. I think they call it Paramount Mm -hmm. Plus. Yep. Okay. Um, Yeah, so they are covering that week to week. And then uh, I'm sure towards the end, uh, maybe we'll have Matt come on to give his uh, his overall thoughts on the season since he knows a hell of a lot more about Star Trek than I do. (laughs) All right. I think that's going to cover it for this week. Uh, Go out and watch Hitmonkey. Uh, Enjoy the holidays. Stay whelmed. I will say that in place of Zuhair. And keep tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Bye. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com/groups/svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed